0: Everybody, it's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny.
1: And you are very welcome along. And as ever, we are in association uh, with Future Ticketing, the Porterhouse Brewery and Collar and Cuff, where Decky will give you a free uh, shirt and tie if you buy a suit from Collar and Cuff. And today's special guest is John Martin. I had to do a bit of research on John Martin this morning. I knew he was Robbie Martin's brother. Remember Robbie being a terrific footballer for UCD uh, who have jumped off the bottom of the table all these years later. Didn't know uh, that Robbie's and John's dad actually played for AC Milan. uh, Played against AC Milan for Athlone Town uh, way back when. And uh, we've loads to talk about. John has taken a very interesting career path since he uh, left League of Ireland managerial uh, duties briefly. If not, Dan has just come back from the Shamrock Rovers press conference this morning. They're one of three Three teams still involved in August in European combat, that is St. Patrick's Athletics, Sligo Rovers and Shamrock Rovers, St. Pat's. And Sligo Rovers having an amazingly good uh, performance and win in Europe last week, followed by losing at home in the FAI Cup to a first division team. It's been a hell of a week. And Dan, I have to say, I was watching the FAI Cup draw. Some part of me thinks Goliath United. there we go. They've gotten used to at I home. I mean, look, like,
0: we're how many? i mean, like a minute into the show. We've had three European, like three teams are, in Europe. Pats are gone a lot, and you've somehow managed to make the the narrative about Galway United.
1: Pats are gone. Yeah. Sligo Rovers are gone. Yeah. Shamrock Rovers or Drada will be gone. Okay. Derry City or Cork will be gone. Yeah. Um, and if Galway United can overcome UCD into the last eight, we now have Bastieneri, uh, who has had several clubs. Um, I think since we even first had him on the show, you'd never know, Dan. You'd never know. I'm dreaming of the magic of the cup here. What are you thinking?
0: I'm thinking about other things. Mm. I'm not thinking about thinking Galway's about? cup run. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about... Uh, Finn yeah. Harps
1: are gone as well obviously Finn Harps are gone
0: yeah, like, I mean I'm thinking there's still a load of other teams who could win the cup for Galway um,
1: I'd even take a semi-final place at this i well, see say you would i you'd have a
0: semi um, like. for it but I, I, I don't know Like, I, it's, it's been a, I, I, last week I think I said you were at the just, showgrounds I was at showgrounds that's what I think I said if there was two teams still alive this week I'd be pretty happy um, and the fact that it was that that all three are, I'm pretty chuffed. I have to even though
1: it, Pat's by all accounts. were poor, poor. <laughs> I have to make uh, do you know that like uh,
0: that image that people sometimes do of like the, the little Britain yeah. politician giving a statement outside the home. Outside <laughs> the home with like
1: uh, you know probably so, my favorite little Britain sketch. Yeah. I accidentally uh, said that by all accounts in Pat's were poor. Yeah, in
0: so to, to, to qualify that, I'm I'm not going to say never say
1: by all accounts but, either. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, uh, listen, you know, yeah, yeah I suppose I pull you up on enough things. Um, now, uh, like, I was probably going off the view of people who weren't impressed by Mura, and then I didn't see a minute again because I was in the showgrounds, immersed in the tie, and then you saw that they were down to 10. and I was speaking to some people who were very impressed disappointed about Pat's decision making you know at 11 v 10 but i think in hindsight i think um and this was in my newsletter the halfway line newsletter where you can subscribe for free by the way just to i clear. look forward to your newsletter and so and i'm try and, to try deliver and this drop some stuff into it mm. um every friday lunchtime trying to put a few stories in there and stuff so you can just subscribe to that but um, cost nothing again to be clear people nothing cost zero you just put your email in and it's a very hard thing for people to do pay five uh, euro for coffee on. in Inchicore uh, did, did someone wants to know where this five euro coffee is we had a message about this oh yeah it's, this it's
1: the, uh, so the, the, the coffee shop right beside uh, the Richmond Park was closed on a Monday so it's the one that's kind of more or more at the okay. uh, very disappointing just a slight it, by all accounts I, I mean contract negotiations with someone at the moment I was like the, the cost of living my mortgage has gone up there was a uh, there's a shop on lennox street and i was like they're selling croissants for two euros this is actually good and i went up there yesterday morning and as i was paying for it i was like i bet you they've gone up i bet you they've gone up and this is only in two weeks 250 25 increase just like that dan and no mention inflation it's hitting me hard 250 for a croissant five for a coffee <sighs>
0: it's tough you know mm. you have to go for a coffee or the croissant
1: 750 for both. When you think it's, about
0: it, it's madness. But um, anyway, to, by, all right accounts, the point, by all but
1: accounts, by, But by all I accounts, actually watched the Pats game. You did, yeah. And
0: so. and I was shocked when I saw the, the possession stats of the first half that you sent to me. I was like, wow, that was a much like this hasn't been reflected to me in discussions that they went away and like control that game. But they controlled, so mm. uh, you know, when I was, okay, control is the wrong word because I know they had a maybe a let off or a penalty incident and stuff in the first half, but that they went and and they, they managed to sort of set their own story in terms of that. If you have a lot of the ball, you have a certain amount of control. Um, so yeah, I feel I feel like that was a little bit harsh towards Pats, um, but I'm not sure if like the Pats backlash is that strong in the sense that are they really all happy with life, considering and then they went and lost three days later. The showgrounds was brilliant. I just want to say that. It was absolutely an amazing day. I got, got down there in mid-afternoon. Sun was shining. Proper Every, football town. Everywhere you went, there was people with, uh, not like Galway, a lot of people with sort of short sleeve jerseys, you know, the beer gardens, sunny weather. Everyone was going to the game where it felt like everyone... You know if they weren't going to the game, they were talking about the game, they were watching the game. And sometimes I think you're so conditioned towards uh, these g- nights no, being an anti climax that you almost expect it. You think this is the best part of the night, the hope, it's the hope that kills you. Mm. But actually, it wasn't the best part of the night was the game and everything that happened. Blaney the Shane, the Blaney Shane goal was extraordinary. Blaney, he should be Blaney shane or something to give us mm. a little bit more uh, mystique. But like, he-, he tried a couple of them in the previous game. Uh, against Bala and it's probably I just haven't seen a huge amount of him play that I was surprised you know for the ball game to see him stepping up for all the dead balls I was like this guy fancies himself You are thinking where's this coming from how many and, yards out was it when then, you think
1: about it it must have been the guts of 40 like
0: oh the goal mm. oh no no it wasn't that far out was it not No, give like, a bit wasn't. of angle on it no then. I don't think it was that far out but mm. it was still like that's not taking unbelievable tackers because the dip was uh, amazing and like the uh, ah just like the Scottish reaction again was like um was pretty amusing, let's be honest. You, you don't know. really like Scottish football, though. I love Scottish football. I'm bloody yeah. jealous of Scottish football. Mm. I think it's, its industry is terrific, but I mean, there's an unbelievable. Uh, degree of... Self-worth? Arrogance running through it. But I mean, maybe that comes from a a degree of self-belief. I mean, if you think about it, they did have Rangers in the European final last year. Like, they do have teams in their league that compete. Chris Sutton is worried
1: about the coefficients this morning, I see.
0: (laughs) But they expect expect that. So, like, in some ways, you you understand where that entitlement comes from. But it's just funny that, like, when Irish clubs meet Scottish clubs in the last 20 years, like, they win, you know? And uh, other than, like... this great which thing which is that,
1: Aberdeen Gretna and is it, am I right yeah Aberdeen Aberdeen Gretna, Aberdeen Gretna and, and, Motherwell, and Motherwell yeah Motherwell, now
0: yeah. there's of course there was the Iron Brew Tunnock's Chocolate Biscuit Cup or whatever which has now been introduced to, uh, like the Motherwell on 21's beats Sligo four years ago like this is the classic thing about exceptionalism and arrogance right it's that it's that nothing has changed in the place um you know the place that you've played but maybe we all do that with collateral form to some degree like we'll talk about say well dodge
1: S- did mention to me that selye um could have been beaten actually by shells cuz like mura aren't that great really are they and Slovenian <laughs> league is kind of shy
0: i'm too. not interested in your personal I didn't think mura were that but, great but but the, the, the point is that like it, there is a sense of, you know, this thing is frozen in time. Maybe there's a bit of that with Muro. They beat Spurs. Well, actually, they didn't really beat Spurs. You could say that about Sheriff. Well, they beat Ramadan. Well, actually, it was only three or four of the same players. And But it, this was the thing. Like Only David Colley, I think, played for Sligo against the Motherwell Colts. But, like, but this is their level. It's like, ooh, I'm not really sure if that was their level. I'm not really sure if a tournament would fly over in the day of the game and teams are using it to socialise afterwards. And they're playing younger players is treated with the same vigour as a as a European toy worth three hundred grand extra on top of more money. Like it's sort of Idiot analysis, really, but there was a certain amount of that coming out of Scotland. But that's why they keep getting beaten by the League of Ireland clubs. They have it in their head. Like, they, they, like, Motherwell lost. I meant this point. Mudderwell lost to Starnan in 2015 from Iceland, a lower rated league. Yet the coverage of that was more like, well, Motherwell lose a 5 4. Yeah, a bit embarrassing, but it wasn't. But he lose to an Irish club. It's like, this is, ah, oh, this is the biggest embarrassment, the play, yeah. humiliation of all time. It's like, that's why you keep losing lads. Like, Motherwell were really bad. And uh, they were yeah, shy. I think that, that, that but a that's like, the. No, but that's not a takeaway. Manager sacked after the game. Well, you say that, but they they still went and beat St Marin on Sunday. And with a new manager. Yeah, but but, but with that bounce that you get and all, but that was still 72 hours later. Like, Sligo still had to be very good um, to execute what they did and it's you, you're, you're mindful of being too much of the Irish thing. Are you going to like, say you were
1: wrong because yeah. you were so negative after a Sligo-Balla game you're like oh where's the league at you know Balla played it about like a bit of physical stuff and now we've three teams Well my point end. is
0: yeah there was like fear about the development league aspect of things but what I would say is that Motherwell actually played into Sligo's hands by trying to you know they didn't necessarily trouble them in Conceded that way Conceded
1: very early from a stupid um, free kick
0: Well I'm not going to say I'm, I, I was wrong about that because I I, I don't think that the mm. results also so point like you just said what about a shite and murder aren't that good so then I, I, are you not contradicting yourself like I think you're
1: wrong about patch by all accounts
0: by all accounts <laughs> but like I I don't think again I don't, like it was great to celebrate last Thursday you know last Thursday night Friday morning and all of a sudden everyone's like wow the League of Ireland results people have to be prepared for the fact that you know it could be bad against um, yeah. know, Cesca Sofia and, and Viking yeah and, but it could be bad mm. and you have to you have to absorb that if it does happen to be that now I hope it isn't but like I think you know, the Viking one is tougher because they're mid-season that's hard they're fifth and, I think and um, yeah but they're the mm. only three points point Bolo Glimt or they're very close to Bolo mm. Glimt you know spoke
1: yeah. to Chris Shields this morning about Bolo Glimt I was like give us a handle on um, and he said uh, he was like oh yeah they are very good but he's like Four or five nil up, and they were running in to get the ball out of the net. They were that angry with us for beating them in the home leg, Linfield. So I was like, "But I think his implication was that yeah, this is a this is a good good standard." This no, league. no, it
0: is. Uh, I mean, well, Irish teams have played Norwegian teams several times mm-hmm. recently. Now, again, we're not going to generally stay. form okay though. Like generally perform okay, mm-hmm. but generally go out. I mean, that's the Sligo Malden comes problem. to mind. It's like a Doc Rosenberg, mm-hmm. Sligo Rosenberg, of course. Mm-hmm. You but they really won the first leg away. Cork
1: Rosenberg as well. Yeah,
0: so like the the recurring team is like doing well in the doing well in the Yeah, and that's obviously could happen here. So let's so, get
1: to Pats then right? CSK Sofia are, I think, they're twelve points of Ludogorets in the table, which gives us some. No, much. they're not.
0: They're level. They're level with them in the table. Are they? Yeah, the season has already started in the new season. Last season they finished that finished for, twelve. Sorry, sorry, they were twelve behind. Them last in the new season, season like they, they've called off their league game between the the two ties. So how long are they, they into the team? new season? Then. Four games.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So last season they're twelve behind them. I think that's a fair enough indication. because Ludogorets are a good side. Like so, if. If CSK, Sophia are not far off ludicrous, it's going to be very difficult for Pats. But getting back to the game in which they were poor by all accounts, um, they were not poor at all, actually, Pats, (laughs) but they they rode their luck a bit, Dan. I think the sign of Joseph Nang has proved absolutely inspired. He was so good in the 90 minutes uh, into extra time, but Pats created chances. um, And I think it's testament to them in nearly 30 degree heat to... Dominate the ball in the first half, create chances, looked a bit ropey at the back at times, and considering the amount of upheaval they've had with so many new players, and I know you say some of the opposition has as well, and I do think for Tim Clancy and this reign, you know, if, if, you, if you took away this result and it didn't happen and Pat's lost to Waterford, where are they at? I mean... <laughs> there'd be real pressure on the management no, team it because be. it's like so they kind of get a pass on that um, and the cup means a lot to Pats obviously they're the holders but this result I think they've met Redmond captain he was really really good outstanding at times Chris Forrester had had excellent parts in the game um, and some of the signings they've made Cotter looked really dangerous again it was just penalties are such fine margins but this was good from Pats in fairness Mura, they're not great but they're, they're better than Pats and they got through I think they'll perform well against Sofia. I think because um, it's just that momentum of coming through the belief that would give them some of the players that sure that momentum's well. been
0: lost a small bit by losing a home to Waterford on. on I a don't Sunday. think so. Do you I think?
1: No, I don't think so. Really. I, I, I. Funny enough, I don't think Pat's fans will worry that much about it. Anyone that was in Slovenia memories for the rest of their life. They're playing against. Let's be honest. The cup is the cup. But they're playing in Europe. This is this is Johnny. Like looks like
0: like they're, they're in danger of your Not, being in Europe both next teams, year being out of their Both hands.
1: teams in Sligo. Both Pats and Sligo are up against it to get to Europe next season. But they're in Europe and the here and the now is that they're having a good run and this was good from Pats They got through against Mura and I think they'll perform well against. SBA. I I really
0: really hope they do and mm. I think I mean they they have even the, knock airport this they, morning. They have the ability to. Play well on the counter attack and absorb. But I just think these are going to be so much better attacking wise than what they faced before. Much more clinical. Yeah. Um. So like it could be really challenging for them. They have to defend exceptionally well. Um. I know they made changes defensively for Sunday for the Waterford game. So you can't you can't just you know draw parallels with that. But you know clearly in mura they had one or two let um by all accounts you know the, 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 oh, no, they the, did the yeah, penalty they episode did, they and, and yeah. like, Nang was, was the was the was the hero for a reason you know cuz he was he, he mm-hmm. was forced to make saves and, and it does sound like you're playing you know they're going to play a more clinical side here so um I just hope like the both teams have something to play for on Thursday, you know, Thursday week, that the home legs really have some meaning and it's not just the the rovers ludicorettes chasing a, a very big lead meaning. I hope that you know that they're really in the ties. Now as I said the tactically like slugger rovers are very good against Motherwell and I think Pats have the capacity to be sharp and how they play. But they're going to have to be really, really on point. I like tell you going, one thing: they're they going have. to both have to go up. Like you know, if 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 they were in sort of third gear, you know, in terms of levels, they're going to have to both go to fifth or when, sixth in in these ties. When
1: you have a goalkeeper, I think, as in the form that he's in, that is massive in these games because he will get you out of trouble. He might save two or three goals basically and be the difference in a two or three goal deficit and a one goal deficit and if they go to talent next week with a one goal deficit um you'd never know you look at uh, how rovers performed last week we'll talk about sharmick rovers in the mailbag now and um, because let's be honest dan sharmick rovers they gotta make the group stages of something this year it's a massive failure the draw has worked out pretty well for them they've uh, two shots at it as we speak they i think they'll get great um kind of self-confidence out of that performance last week as well when Crucially, I think going forward, um, Idrimor Maco came on and got a great goal. I think he, that might help him now. He's he's finished his studies. Yeah, like and we so on. we got
0: to speak about Rovers on last week's show, so we don't need to go over mm-hmm. the Rovers Inegrets game again. But um, it, it it is true, like that, if they even if they lose to Shoopy and I think they fancy themselves against Shoopy. Bookmakers um, have made Scoopy
1: favourites, actually. I no, feel, I see. I no, believe th- they have. Where? Uh, Bet three six five.
0: Okay, that's not yeah. the case in other markets.
1: Yeah, I would have thought Rovers... My limited knowledge, I'd be backing Rovers. No, Rovers are favourites
0: anyway, to qualify and favourites to win the game tomorrow.
1: Unless that has changed because yeah. they were outsiders when I was showing um, the Betts' five odds. But in any event, um, they've gotten two great shots at this, stand, And you feel for Stephen Bradley that this is their moment. Well, the thing is, that
0: even if they lose to be, they potentially play the champions of Kosovo or the Faroe Islands. I mean, it's a dream scenario. It could have been mm. so much worse in terms of... There could have been even a scenario where that draw would have left them in a position where they would know that the sheepy game is their best chance you know that they could have had a you know potentially a really hard stupid question around. have you been to Kosovo no I haven't that's one on the list no but it they, may they, happen uh, well I hope it doesn't happen mm-hmm. that would mean they've lost um, to the Macedonian side which I, I'm not I, I fancy them I have to say Um yeah, um, will we go to the mailbag? We'll, we'll go to the we'll go to the mailbag, and um, we'll, we will go to the mailbag. There's a there's a few other points I was going to raise around the European ties. We haven't really given Wexford a bit of praise, but that might come up in the mailbag. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time—a big bag of electronic
1: letters. Like, what do you know about sort of uh, North Macedonia or the standards? Well, the league
0: them? is is ranked lower than the League of Ireland, so mm. it is. Um, you know, towards the bottom, their results in Europe this year of other club has been a bit mixed. Um, seems like they have a strong front four and they're good in attacking areas, but you get the feeling Rovers fancy themselves against them defensively. And I think the thing is, if they can bring a lead over there, they have to bring a lead over there. Really, I think. Um. If you think about they it, they wouldn't really? have to. If you think, well, no way, goals. But if you like think like. about it, think of all the ties Shamrock Rovers have been involved in, where the first leg has been decisive. It's mm. actually been the story of Rovers in the last. Has every I'm trying to think, is there any Rovers tie in the last two years where the team that's won the first leg has has been Not turned around? Too. I don't mm. think so. Think about it, Flora Tallinn. And um, they, t- they were chasing And they lost Ludograt's chasing They lost Sloven they were chasing They lost I think they Hibs were Malta, They, they won. were head
1: against The Cypriot team Weren't they And then they were Head in Tala And they lost yeah. I'm on about
0: two The last two years Sorry yeah Last yeah, two years yeah. Yeah. I'm saying like Hibs You know Hibs and Malta They won the first leg Went through The Albanian team They won the first leg They went through So like there's a pretty Clear parallel mm. That the first legs of These ties are pretty important And if it's going to be Pretty warm over there Next week no, I think you I think you want to go there ahead.
1: Yeah, they should be they should be winning anyway. Their performances in Europe yeah. at home have been good. Very good actually. I mean they've gotten great results against better teams and I do feel that. I think they'll get a lot of confidence from last Thursday, yeah,
0: definitely. yeah. Um, Neil Hickey just has a point in the mailbag about, you know, just thinking on the back of last night's results. Establishing the quality of a league based on our results is unreliable. A much better way to judge is the league is getting better looking facilities, academies, amount of staff, crowd, sponsors. I do agree with that, but I think I think Neil the two things go hand in hand. I think if you, it's true that like isolated results can be very deceiving. I think results over a five year period, which is what the coefficient is calculated on, generally are reasonably reliable. There's little glitches in how it's calculated, but. Um, it generally gives you a picture of where things are at but I mean I do agree I think if, if you had all those other elements right then the results in Europe would naturally improve you know and that is a thing and I suppose in some ways the only the only flip side about the Sligo Rovers and Pats scenario maybe missing out on Europe is that we had a situation for a while where like the top four clubs the same four clubs or yeah. three or four that were qualifying year on year it's spreading it around a small bit um, but then again like if Dundalk they get back in next year Derry you know, are you in a situation where Rovers and Doctor, are they going to miss many years in the next couple of years? I think
1: Shells could end up you know, in Europe sure. next year. Who knows? They got a good draw in the got cup. Come forth or they the could cup? come forth. They've definitely they've they've they're hitting a war on two fronts. they have uh, done well sort of in the second third of the season. Do you know what the mad thing was, Dan, I'm looking at I was looking at the table this morning. Very close on ten games left in the league,
0: and it's just—it's. I know where did they, where did that all go? But that's like, the nature of how yeah, this, this schedule like, is, is calculated. But we may we may need that if if there's if there's more refixtures. Um, Mailbag question, Con: Do you think the format of the cup needs to be restructured to have top teams come in around later? the amount of mismatches seems pointless and it means average team could go deep by only playing weak teams I see the point It was 26-0 yeah,
1: on, on that as well there's there some like really alarming 26-0 um, like
0: was the aggregate score in two the or three fight. of the games
1: the, bet, the betting moves were so heavily towards the Premier Division team it was like this was not unexpected this is going to be an avalanche and it was and it's like you pull up that tweet there needs to be more magic in the cup than hammerings like that down for the non-league well the time
0: I, I put up this tweet I think some people were quite sensitive and responsible but I mean it, it's a fact it's something that did happen um, and it drives the discussion about um, is the timing of the competition fair? You know, like when you have amateur teams in pre-season, um, some of whom like would have a heavy enough turnover as well. It's like League of Iron Clubs years ago, like trying to play Europe in pre-season. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, sort of an exaggerated version of that. Uh, in saying that, though, I would have thought some of the scorelines were still pretty surprising. You know, like Usher Celtic, 5-0 to Treaty okay Bluebell Galway it was a red card but I think sometimes and and you can see you put out a tweet like that and there's a lot of responses from people who clearly have been annoyed in their lives by people in amateur football claiming they could just play League of Ireland you know there's loads of players who could do this and who could do that and they've often honed in on the first division in particular but actually like a lot of the first division teams are stronger now like someone you know in the discussion someone was saying um, I you know Crumlin or Mochlas would fancy themselves against Wexford, and maybe they would. But to me, that was a little bit like motorwell people talking about Sligo in twenty eighteen. Mm. As though I was looking at the Wexford team the other day. I watched extra time, and you've got like Ginny Corker and Aaron Dobbs, Connor Davis, um, was it Jack Doherty, and there's a few other younger players that I'm not too familiar with that are well regarded. I think they'd be um. They would they, they would not be too fearful of any amateur team. Do you,
1: do you know what? It also got me thinking though. The, the 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 mixed seasons in terms of having your professional league in this country as a summer season and everything else is winter. Sure, like that's the
0: school My football is the same. It's, like yeah, it's our, like it's our, just, alignment of calendars is absolutely insane yeah, in this So what,
1: what are we going to do going forward? I mean, it just it doesn't make sense because until such a change, I mean, the FEI Cup is going to be you're going to have these mismatches the whole time because you can't have an on league team out of season having any chance whatsoever. And I do think. Uh, I do think a, a well-coached uh, non-league team um, in the middle of the season would give first division teams a game. One hundred percent. No, no, I, I agree you know, with you on not, that. You're right, though. You I can't at this time of year, like
0: p- the teams at their peak. But I still, thought, I I found some of the margins still alarming, quite surprising. I still mm. think that, like, I always have it in my head that people would say that a team with a certain level of organization, even if they're mismatched, totally. you don't get beaten five or six. You going is biggest away you, whenever you lose one or two, and and it would make you think that the gulf is, is is pretty pretty substantial um Kotsi, uh, Liam Burt I think behind Dan saying two weeks ago that he'll be at Rovers next season like Liam Bert is doing some kind of like press gig now at the moment um, well my, my basis for saying it is that his contract is up and Rovers do like him and generally when this happens like you know um they, they find it hard And I think They, they are specifically Looking at, at players Of that type I mean they have Signed Dan Cleary In defence Simon Power in, in wing I think I think Sorry was, to say it
1: Bose lienbert Would be a, a great sign For Rovers exactly been, what they uh,
0: want I think there would have been Shannon Rovers' interest In Phoenix Patterson Too mm. That's definitely something You could look out for So it's not that Lienbert is the only show In town But again If you know if Bose aren't in Europe Say uh, and and Liam Bird is you know is naturally going to be drawn to it. but there's nothing done. I'm not suggesting there's nothing done. That's certainly not. You also made a comment that Andy way.
1: Lyons will will be leaving Shamrock Rovers this year uh, somewhere. So you're very confident. About I, I said this year, which yeah. is a
0: crucial thing. Not this month. Yeah. Um, I think that it, lo- it looks inevitable he'll leave this year. Um, but I would I would hope that Rovers could keep him for for group right. stage football. Um, you know when you think there's three million at stake and you're talking about 150 150 grand. Um, you know the, the equation is such they've already lost Mandrew for, for a pittance Rossy Mcnee, we need to look at stadium standards after that fence collapse um and the third tier today I, I wouldn't put the third tier delay down to stadiums that's more down to reluctance of people to go into it yeah that stadium collapse in, in St. Coleman's Park could have been very serious and Cork fans celebrate I know there's a Cove statement talking about where you know people stood in the ground and where they were positioned and stuff like that but, but that I thought the statement was a bit condition. odd and it,
1: yeah. it, I was sent images of the you know the the structure that they had in place Cove obviously need to learn from this Cove, Cork, Cork City bring massive wave support you can't blame fans for standing in no. the wrong
0: place that's actually the responsibility of event controllers you know that's that's like that's mm. I, I, found, I did find the wording of the statement slightly unusual alright um, Joseph Lennon, have we any ta- hope of Sligo Pats getting through to the playoff round what's your what's your confident prediction here
1: I think uh, both will perform well in defeat
0: okay yeah, I, I can, I I'd probably agree with you. I
1: think Shamrock Rovers will uh, get through. Yeah,
0: Fergal, Fergal asks, same as last year, is round three UECL qualifiers, always the upper limit for our non-champions. Very likely, Fergal. Yes, it's really hard th- for a team. I and mean, we saw the Dalkin Bowes come close last year, and hopefully Sligo and Pats, but you see the level of team they're playing. Pauk, Vitesse, Seska, um, you know, Viking who beat Sparta Prague who would have been expected actually to be in it, it was a joke goal that sort of got Viking through that's a hard it's not. it's
1: not a bad draw for Sligo though the fifth best team as it is right now in Norway well, that's,
0: it is a little bit but in mm. the general point it's because they shocked Sparta yeah. Prague I don't know if you saw the goal it was mm. a no. show it was like a back pass in the last minute that went over the goalie's foot you know so that was going to extra time and it might be in Sparta Prague but they're the level of teams you face and even if say someone like got in next year um, they'd probably be seeded in round one and two if they were to get through but even in round three then you, you gotcha yeah. you know you not you, 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 you want to play in that round you want to play a Scottish club <laughs> like you do our old mates Scottish the Scots, minnows Dundee United are in there I think potentially yeah. playing Riga or, or someone play, Plans, they play a very British style of football the that, Scottish it, yeah, it, it, just, it, it suits our guys um, uh, Owen oh, Bow Stadium plan B what do we think of that how do, I like it how will the 850k from Europe be used in clubs and um, yeah, I think Sligo Rovers definitely have plans to like Massive hire plans some for extra staff himself. and yeah. stuff like that. So um, Pats, so I suppose Pats, I don't know, are they slightly different? Because they have a benefactor pumping up that club Who was obviously entitled, you know, to to to, to balance some of that off in some ways. So I'm not sure if the European money is as visible because um, he's given them great support already, you know, regardless in terms of their budget. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the bow stadium plan sorry yeah i do like it just hope it gets done you know and like the Connock street stand is now they've started a demolition of it mm. i see daniel lambert put something on twitter about they're going to put a temporary covered stand in there next year for away fans I saw that, it's yeah. going to have the allocation a bit of a rumpus around that to me yeah it's not really that much of an issue i can see by one or two clubs would feel hard done by other clubs not so much you know if it's a covered terrace going there Um, i i totally understandably bows be frustrated that they're turning away people every week
1: this might be a nice you know? outcome though if what was initially supposed to be a very modern stadium that was going to be a ground share is now going to be Daily Mount pretty much as we knew it only a better Daily Mount with bows there and shells and toggle well, uh, that's but, what it looks but like but my
0: fear was always that we end up with two half half-finished shitty stadiums. so let's see how they let's see how they end up
1: yeah, but the, the I, I mean, no, I no, like,
0: I completely get that. Yeah. But I love the sound of the bows when I really just want to mm, see it happen. The Exeter I'm just, city, yeah, I'm just sick of it. It's twenty like it's twenty twenty three or mm. whatever now. Like twenty twenty two, like it's you know, it seems like good news in Finn Harps. Again, like where are we? Like that the people like there's players players playing in the league at the moment who the parents hadn't even met before some of these stadium projects were talked about first you know
1: very profound so
0: um, yeah Connor Roots Wexford FC amazing story rock bottom for years Reiner has reinvigorated the club uh, it savage is results. it's an amazing result for them and they were they were you know, it, again it was a horror show By Luke Nick Nicholas. Like just uh, One of the worst mistakes you'll, you'll see from a goalkeeper And you feel from Like he caught every cross Against Motherwell Everything he needed to claim And, and he was and, amazing and in, and the command, whole, in
1: the away leg against He commanded
0: Motherwell. the area so well And yet under no pressure He sort of drops one in mm. I suppose it happens like you know but but I mean in fairness that game was definitely going to penalties at that stage there was no sense the slugger Rovers were going to win it at all mm. like it was they were they were gone and um, Aaron Jones where the Sh- Blaney Shane Shane Blaney or Blaney Shane's free kick rank in terms of great LOI goals in Europe up there Pat Sullivan still the technique Pat Sullivan probably still the, the, the sort of the benchmark there's been some great individual like individual goals at various times you Pat you know.
1: Sullivan over Robbie Benson
0: Oh, yeah. I see the mm. Robbie Benson one. I probably do have Sullivan over Benson, mm. but is that just because it was further out? Um, it was much for the ben- Benson was Benson just
1: threw a leg at it and hope for the uh, best. Like, no, yeah, was, no, like he's, no, he's not even right footed. Didn't right? even celebrate for going. No nah, he was like, "What did I do there?" <laughs> did, uh. <laughs> no,
0: Benson was brilliant. Um, Probably but, Pat Sullivan. Yeah. Aaron Green got that great goal for Roberts. Actually, going sideways. I'm going to say
1: that's that's the best goal I've seen. Because that was like a Jack Byrne pass, and Aaron Green, who like had such a hit and miss rate in front of goal, and he could do a goal like that. It was a sensational strike, he was like arrow top corner. It's a tough one, though. Pat Sullivan, Sullivan had volley, has, a li- has
0: a little bit of achievement in there. It was a historic night, and that marks it up. But Blaney's was Benson. You're team.
1: not even in the top two oh, anymore. Yeah, bit of a bit no, of a fluke, play, anyway.
0: Play any, <laughs> see, this is you can tell. Her Definitely Johnny, best atmosphere can, ever in our league. You of can tell team the, in the in people Europe. who are Arthur heard Johnny uh, gets on well, with because there was people. Well, you, it, you Robbie, would not say that. But Robbie, Robbie you were Benson. About. Robbie um, Benson left
1: St. Pat's in that in that you know controversial um, mass departure from Inchicore. And there wasn't a bad word said about him. All the Pats fans were like, no, Robbie was a great lad. Well, I, I, he got the penalty. Well, at the
0: recent game, there was a lad in front of be calling him a wanker. So I'm not sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure that's, that's true. and right. He was actually given out to it by some guy. I don't know. He was like <laughs> abusing Benson <the> Pats <laughs> and passed nothing. Uh, Killian, only a matter of time for a digs are thrown between supporters and players. Two just divided in a week Rovers fan and the Ludigretts keeper.
1: Yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, and
0: then Ethan Boyd and both fans at Bally Buffet. I haven't seen that, so I don't mm. want to go into that too much detail, purely because I haven't seen it. Uh, but it does seem like there was some kind of. Um, she so can always together. say by all accounts. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Um, it's, it's uh, by all accounts, it's a new interesting. Um, could be the yeah, game for next like we, together We're, we're <laughs> seeing, that there won't be one. Um, <laughs> we, 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 could, uh, we could be, uh, we've been flipping about here when obviously we're not. Like, it, we are teetering on the brink of like an antisocial behaviour story taken off. And we've obviously seen the FA Cup final last year how that would be seized upon by people who will like never talk for sure. about anything else in their own world. Um, so like you have to, again like i sort of feel like maybe and i understand why no one wanted the publicity i'm not singling out one club here right but it was the precedent was set about a stadium ban for a game the rovers ucd no one wanted your league champions behind closed doors and on, on the opening day it would have been dread, you know, dreadful bit of grief bit of bit of bit of flack but Boss. you know but you know what Maybe they should have followed through with it and people see a closed stadium and, and there's implications for everyone if that happens. But I mean, Rovers will get a big fine from, from UEFA, certainly. Um, Conor is a C or Tristy contract sponsor. sponsor leagues up to the end of the season. Is the time if I look for a lucrative sponsor? If so, who'd be most suited? Yes, who'd be most suited? I don't know. I think what you want is a sponsor who... A bit like little and ladies football, like, you know, there's 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 sponsorship value that they pay the money and then there's sponsors who look to activate it themselves by doing their own stuff in the side. So whoever it is If there is a new one, you want someone that is going to do their own stuff. You know, a while back, I thought Cadbury is going to get involved in Irish football just through, and they have um, Mm. through various connections. I wondered, would that be a fit for the league? Um, But I I don't know. I honestly don't know if that's, um, there's anything going to happen there. Um, No, I'll call it anywhere and if third tier will be regionalised. I think that actually has been suggested but they don't have a third tier yet so when they have one I presume that would come to pass but I think regionalisation was sort of on the agenda Thomas Tormey sent us actually quite interesting thing about interesting list of uh, rounds gates and attendances from the FEI Cup first round 32 years ago and basically not a huge difference Rovers played bow six and a half thousand and the other attendances weren't a million miles away from what you would expect today there was a really big crowd at Cove who had massive support when they were a junior club Yeah, which was the only sort of outlier um, Cotl, when is the madness of games in put for Europe going to end? But I, I pointed out Cotl, that actually, but it's Sofia have done that this weekend, so it does happen in other countries. But actually, Pats and Shells did play, or so Pats and Slagrovers did play last weekend and lost. And I think this weekend and next weekend, I think the the plan is for most fixtures to go ahead. I'm, 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 I'm losing my mind here. And um, there's a Rovers, Rovers have got a game off, but then they're playing Derry uh, when they come back from Macedonia. They're actually. Uh, Derry wouldn't budge on on uh, postponing that game. So Rovers, they play next Tuesday in Macedonia, but I think they're flying back into Belfast or Derry. Free Derry uh, says no. On the Wednesday or Thursday. They're going straight from North Macedonia to, to the north of Ireland um, to, to play that game. So... Um, it it is happening, but it does go to show like how teams have dropped points or lost cup games. That I've always said the margin of victory for Rovers in the league to me it wouldn't be so certain. It'd be massive if they get into group stages because it's hard. It's really really hard. Uh, Collie what's the crap with of, of being able to host Conference League game in the Showgrounds? Why weren't the dog doing the same? Got an exemption. What's the difference? They got a derogation, but I think there's a couple of points that that were in their favour. Um, Pat's getting through helped. because uh, Talal ta- 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 yeah. was doing business that night. Mm. Um, that was a big thing. And Sligo also were quite close. Um, capacity was the main issue mm. rather than loads of stuff. You can see the issues, but it is true. If Pats were out, if Sham McGrover's were out, Sligo Rovers are probably playing in Tala, uh, which is uh, something to bear in mind. Someone wants to know, a uh, bit of a dumb question. Uh, well, listen, there's a lot of dumb stuff in this pod discussed by us. Who's the voice that does the intro to the mailbox section?
1: Elizabeth <laughs> Nelson Bracey. There oh we go. That's Dale. Yeah, yeah. If we
0: if we do do a live show, we might have news in that in the in the in the short short term future. We may you, have. I mean,
1: you you, you you wouldn't let me say the exact same. No, thing No, because you, you'd probably
0: say a oh, date and guess no, I didn't, that we haven't I actually
1: didn't, and then you deleted we, it from <laughs> the show. Want to delete you from my life? Will We go to yeah, uh, we, we'll, we'll go, go, go to John
0: Martin, but uh, Connolly's Derry could be a massive signing.
1: Ah, oh, um, what about that? Like, yeah, I mean, the Higgins Clancy O'Donnell thing, but like he, O'Donnell's got to be a little bit pissed off. Yeah, there. no, I, um, I, I mean, I,
0: I've heard various versions of this. I, I do think like that. that Dock weren't going to offer that length of contract to someone that age, um, and Derry were willing to do that, and that's a gamble. And um, but but I know Dundalk fans are very angry like over this. Um, now, is there a plan a bit more to get back to Europe and then sort of go from there? Um, but obviously the cart before the horse, like, like what if it costs them Europe in some way, you know, that they, they've lost Conley. I think they probably have enough insula- insulation. I think they'll probably be okay. I agree. Um, and I think if they were to get into Europe, they might, End up maybe signing someone younger in a longer term contract in that position rather than someone his age, I and mean, you have to play an artificial pitch, and he's had bad run with injuries and stuff. But Derry were willing to do it. Derry wanted a defensive leader, and Matty Smith went to Shelburne. Then in the Matty Smith to Yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot going on, um. But yeah, this is pretty much it. Rowan McGinley, anywhere to how much Derry got for Toll? Imagine very little, but hoping for seven figures. I mean, you know, it wasn't it, that. It anyway. won't be seven figures. It would have been five figures. His contract was running out, so they didn't have. Um, they didn't have a strong comment on Wilson about Tunde, what's the story with him uh, yeah I'm not sure he would play a huge amount for Pat's from the end of the season I could be wrong why is that then uh, I, just, I just I think he, I, I wouldn't say he's high up in their pecking order you know what I mean? I, I think he'd be I, I, I love But he still Tunley, comes yeah. off bench
1: mention, does something. I think he could do something in Europe because um, he's such a... Oh, yeah, he's unpredictable. Could. he, could. he um, could. They brought uh, Serge on in the... in the. Uh, be interesting to see where Serge
0: is... I know Tunnel more out and out, but we shall see. Felix, is it possible the of players in the league is a good thing? I'm not so sure um, we, we would say that. But anyway, let's bring in John Martin.
1: Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. So... Uh, can either of you name the team this isn't a quiz question for this week but can either of you name the team from Bulgaria who UCD played in 1999 which is my one of my my favorite memories of Belfield it was a brilliant game of football played in really really sunny conditions kind of start of the season back in the days when the LOI was a winter campaign and your brother Robbie was absolutely outstanding that day can either of you name the team
0: I'm hoping John will be able to. Uh, extra, I, m- I
1: remember. Bu- I remember extra hundred points for Longford, Longford, Longford
0: played Litech Lovac. from from Bulgaria. From Bul- well, I can't remember who used to be played.
2: Was it FC Kusendil?
0: They
1: don't yes. exist. They were gone. With they it don't it exist anymore. So. So. FC Velbazad Kusendil. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, you weren't involved back then. Now I was. Yeah,
2: and you I were played that day. As well?
1: Yeah, the triall in Belfast. Where did you play? I think I played in the middle of the park.
2: With Kieran Kavanaugh. he was probably sensational
0: I, as well, Johnny. You've just and your, your brother was water. playing,
2: was he? Uh,
1: ooh, no, I don't think he was there at that stage. <laughs> then I'm mixing you up because one of you was outstanding. Well, Did that you must just, have been me then. <laughs> you do look like your brother. Were you? Were you kind of a number ten type? Welcome player? to the show, John. No, no. no. <laughs> Who was up front for UCD that day? Jesus, oh, Christ. Michael Byrne. Remember Michael Byrne? Nickel Byrne.
0: Do you remember Nickel Byrne? I, I remember watching Michael Byrne play for the Ireland Under-21s in Drada at a time when... League of iron players in the twenty-one squad would have been more of a story than it is now. And I actually remember watching Mick O'Brien play. He was a top player.
1: Oh, Mick was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was, was cool. him. It was actually him. That that was the player who was outstanding. I'm an absolute <laughs> joke. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so you were playing in midfield in that game. That's right. Yeah. Class. <laughs> so how's your brother? Anyway?
0: I was wondering how old
2: Robbie. I was wondering how old are you. You're the older brother. I'm the elder
0: one. Yeah.
1: yeah. Robbie was forty on Saturday.
0: Okay. Ah, lovely! Years we're, in
1: the, we're in that club. We're all in that club. Dan, mm. you were going to Oktoberfest here There's talk of yeah, going to, midlife
0: crisis 40th birthday trip to Oktoberfest. When Why is your when is your 40th? Well, a couple of years He's ago, yeah. old so old 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 years. Old. I, I got it in the year of my 40th, <laughs> 40th as well. I was
2: pre-COVID. We got a we got an Oktoberfest trip. Is ah, that what we you go. went to?
1: You can confer and decide what to yeah. That that was that was some game of football all those years ago 1999
2: yeah it was, oh, we were and we played really well we were a bit mm. unlucky um a nil all out there it was too hot. away goals they'd beaten on away goals but a goal is allowed late over there so now it would have gone to extra time like now, yeah. nowadays but I think, I think they got beaten 10 nil in the next round <laughs> so uh, it might have been a lesson in disguise. Uh, who was UCD manager at that oh, time? Mark, Martin Moore and so Martin Back then, the, the doc Tony O'Neill was the the main man. oh ah,
0: yeah, Tom. yeah. Cause I was talking about Tony O'Neill this morning. To before the Shamrock Rovers press conference, a couple of people were talking about the doc, and they, they pointed out how young he was when he passed away. And yeah. it was 1999. I was looking at this. That must have been a couple of months after that. that so European th- tie, think oh, wow.
2: European. I think the following might have been our one. No, sorry, 99, yeah, was, it was, was the European one. He went, he, yeah, not long before then. Um, and I, he died sort of sort of at the start of that season, and we ended up qualifying for Europe. Sorry,
0: but, it must have been 2000 European games then. That's right, be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: 99 he passed, and Martin came in. I think we won our last five games, got into Europe. But we were all so young, we were all 17, 18, and the doc seemed... A lot older but when you look back now he was he was a young man what yeah. made him
1: so special uh he was again one of these persons who passed away and there was nothing but good talk about him
2: Obviously he was a lot of the things clubs are doing now with the scholarships and having club, like he was 20 30 years probably ahead of his time mm. that was that was the thing with the doc and what we all got out of UCD was our education and a couple hundred games in the league by the time you age of 21 so it was uh Great place to start. Still is, I think. Still, still one of the best places to go for the young lads. Well,
1: the the, the wheel the wheel continues to turn and all these years later, um, UCD are off the bottom of the table. And we Kieran Kilduff on here, another of these ex-players who went on to do well in Europe that played for UCD. You look at Finner the other day, 51 caps in Europe is now. And um, UCD, when Kieran Kilduff is on, I would not be, he's like, I'm not ruling out UCD at all finishing ahead of Finn Harps. And quietly... They've gone ahead of them, despite the fact they've lost three of their best players. And young Lonergan comes in. I think he's gotten four goals now in the last few games. That's right. Yeah. And Andy Miler, who's uh, we've tried to get on the show a couple of times. He's just now. I'm always. I'm too busy doing the day job every day. And it's just. It's amazing. They're still. You know. Still UCD. Still doing the same things.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I was there seven seasons, and they were. We were in the Premier for the seven seasons. That's it, was not, it was only in the last year we fell. We fell down by a point, but it, it, it was. I think the previous summer we'd lost Ciarán
1: Martin, big Clive Delaney, mm. Barry Kieran Ryan. Ciarán Martin got an amazing goal against Gretna at that time as well. Yeah. Do you remember talking with the Scottish club? Barry Ryan, character. Yeah, some goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: So we were just a, that. was Back then you could keep the players a little bit longer, maybe 22, 23. So you could keep a good team together. Um, and obviously we, we, we'd do low there. Oh, um,
0: oh man, yeah. Was I was in UCD around, so I was in UCD, you were actually in UCD, 2000, yeah. to 2004, thousand four five. so yeah, it was sort of just, everyone who went through UCD, time, if you know what I mean, because yeah, right, yeah, Gary yeah. Dicker was coming in at the end, and Connor Salmon, and that team was sort of coming in they, towards yeah, the
2: they were the next, so when we, a lot of us moved on when they were relegated, and, and that next batch came through, and yeah. Pete Mann was the manager, and they, they regrouped and they bounced right back up that year. Yeah, yeah.
0: You,
1: you're, so is, it, is it correct that your dad played for Athlone Town against AC Milan? Yeah. That is, so like you are you have a proper League of Ireland pedigree. Yeah, I'm sure. Look, you wouldn't go a
2: week without someone asking me that or, or that coming up somewhere. So, um, yeah, no, When my dad loved it in Athlone. Like they were a, a proper side back then. Um, played lots of European games between Athlone. Um, I think they were in Hamburg. They were in Milan. That's um, like and they were good you mm. know they they, they they held their own I think you look know, how much the league has changed Like they, they back then they'd get a Norwegian team and I think they'd be Valaranga mm. from Norway he scored home and away against Valaranga um, but back then the Irish teams would have seen a Norwegian team as a, as a team to get God, a good chance of getting through to the next round so yeah he he um, and uh, he, he loves it. Like I'm, ne- he's obsessed with
1: football. But yeah, your Paul,
0: Paul Paul Martin is your dad because yeah, yeah. he did a piece I saw with on Kaiser a couple of years ago. That's right, yeah. about this because I was only down in Tullamore yesterday for um, uh, Stephen Kenny was doing an event then there, and there was a picture of John Minnock on the wall who missed the penalty <laughs> <laughs> in the game. I'm just thinking, when you were growing up, when did you? How early did you become aware of of this sort of family story, if you know what I mean? There was an
2: AC Milan cushion in the house, <laughs> right? This is like a, a childhood memory. You put memory your arse on it, did you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I just remember that. And then it, 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 when you're starting to watch football, AC Milan were such a huge side in the nineties. So it was when you're a, when you're a teenager yourself, like you quickly latched on to the idea that your dad played against them. The Gazzetta um, years, like that sort of. And RT used to have the Monday night show. Yeah. Didn't they, yeah, that's right. So yeah, no, we was it's it's. Uh, I said, you wouldn't go on a family occasion when it was coming up still. So, um, yeah, he doesn't like talking about it. Well, everyone asks him about it all the time. You
0: can't avoid it. So, so John, from your own perspective then, because I'm sort of interested in a couple of things you've been doing off off the park. Um, So you were at Longford last season as assistant manager to Dara. You had a brief spell as caretaker, but then you sort of stepped away. Yeah. um, And you've been sort of educating yourself off the park. So could you maybe tell people what you've been up to?
2: Yeah, I, got, I was chatting to Dara last year and, and sort of, there isn't a pro license, It wasn't a pro license scheduled for the start of this year, which would have been my kind of next step. So I was thinking of, you know, what might, might be interesting to me. So, But there was a, a sports CEO course in the UK um, with a company called VSI or part of the, the Global Institute of Sport. Um, so I did a little bit of digging on that and it's, I kind of, I'd, I'd said that Dara, I'd probably go do the course, um, and then obviously Dara and, and Longford went their separate ways, and and well, I think sort of had the opportunity to speak to Longford about the job, and that was something that you know it was a, it wasn't an easy one to say or to say I wouldn't go for, it, but my mind made up to look at the the CEO and the off the field activities. I think someone, it's funny, someone asked me a question last year about you know my network, how many people do you know outside Ireland, and I, you know I couldn't really answer the question, and it, it kind of got me thinking of. You know how can I extend my network? How can I how can I meet more people? So I kind of led onto the course in the UK. Um, I think Gerald Bryan's doing the, the sport and director version, okay, as well, Um, which is slightly different. But the yeah, I met some incredible people, and and, and even in terms of the the guys who delivered the course, some some really serious big hitting guys. Who, who uh, would they be, for example? Well, you well we the guy sort of Chris Brindley. Um, who, who's been involved in, 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 in lots of sort of successful sporting organisations in the UK. Um, we would uh, Stuart Kane, ex-Wolves, ex-Rangers. Uh, Roger Draper, who was ex-LTA, ex-Rugby League. He's part of sort of Boston Consulting Group, yeah. the, the Saudi Sports Strategy. Um, Barry McNeil, who's probably hands down the most impressive guy I've, I've ever met. So he's ex-Prozone, um, does a lot of work with the MLS, uh, sort of C-suite uh, recruitment. Knows the game really well. Done, you know, so many different aspects from, you know, uh, analytics to, to wearables to recruitment. Um, and then even on the course itself, there's some, some, you know, we commercial people from Swansea, uh, Wofford, uh, with Iffy I don't know if he yeah. played non-league, if he's working in the Premier League, um, with a guy who does recruitment for the 23s at Liverpool. Um, a guy, Paul Ratcliffe, won Olympic medal. And then he was... High performance for UK Sport. Um, so you know, you, you speak to Paul. He tell you about sort of the high performance plan for UK Sport going into Rio and the four year plans. And it was just as, as much as you got from the course, you got as much from the from the from the people that were on it with you. So I suppose my where well, whatever kind of path I go next, I kind of figured it would be useful for me to to extend that network and extend my own knowledge and. And see see where it takes me.
0: Because you you obviously played for UCD. What qualifications did you get from UCD yourself in terms of going into the working world? Yeah, so,
2: so I have a business degree. Um, and I've, I've done all my financial advisor exams. I'm sort of in the pension industry. I've done all my pension exams. Okay. Um, and then on the flip side for the football, I'm, obviously I'm up to my A licence and I'm strength and conditioning qualifications. And I, I figured I I'd, I'd look to maybe married the two. I I have the the business background, the football background. And I thought maybe something like the the sports CEO would would, would mm. knit, knit that nicely together. Um, so look, that's the that's the big advantage of coming out of UCD, um, and it's it's probably one of the reasons I never went full time in, in the league as well. Um, I know when Paul went to went to Drogheda, he wanted me to go there with him. Did um, he? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like and and look, Paul. I don't want to be a, a Paul podcast, but like he, he's. Alongside my dad, he's as big as influence as anyone on on what I've done in football. Like I've a phenomenal person, like phenomenal man, phenomenal coach, um, hard man to work for. Yeah. But I like that. Um, like Robbie
1: would probably say slightly different. He found him too intense, it was too much for him. Um, this is it, isn't it? Like, is your brothers who, like, one one could say yes and the other, it doesn't suit everyone but those that suit like it.
2: Yeah, but look, I think the first year Paul was there, Rob got 15 goals <laughs> in the Premier Division mm. playing centre-forward and, you know, Paul is a big reason for that as well. Um, so look, look, I think that in Drogheda at the time it was such a new thing and I, I had a chance to, to, to play for Longford who, who just won the Cup and you know, I got on really well with Alan. It was a chance to keep the job and, and, and keep playing at a good level. So it was a it was a no brainer, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Robbie. In fairness, he's, he's aside from that brilliant European performance uh, in, yeah, in two thousand, really he He's also he's he's played a big role in Andrew Mobile Bedelli's career because he's got big into youth coaching you know so you've both actually retained an interest in probably the industry and actually i've sort of had the odd back and forth correspondent to robbie about youth football in this country he'd have he'd have his opinions on that um you're both probably interested in the direction of the game here you're doing a sports ceo course so you're actually you're thinking about the direction of the game generally
2: yeah i, I think uh that's the thing, Rob. Sometimes Rob Rob gets himself in, not in trouble, but like people sometimes look at Rob and he has an opinion on social media and they 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 dismiss it because everything has to be black or white or right or wrong. But actually, probably Robbie is the type of guy people should be talking to and engaging with. Him. I I definitely don't agree with everything he says, but mm. that, that's is not that the point. Like, and and I think we probably need to to move away from from that sort of thought process, you know. And, and you speak to Rob and we have a conversation, then he he he, he listens and learns, but. Rob is unique in that, yeah, like he was—he was involved in the academy as a guy. Kenny Malloy who was in uh, Athlone, you know. Rob would say himself is, is a much bigger influence on on Andrew. But the the young guys who are in POTS at the moment, the the, the under sixteen internationals, the, the three guys there, like Robbie had them from the age of six to at league yeah, at least slip six to twelve. The, Rob's whole team left. Um, to League of Ireland clubs, he rebuilt it. He stayed with them. He stayed behind for the boys who didn't get clubs. And he's rebuilt it up again. He, he's he just finished now. He won sixteen Premier, and a few of them have gone again into League of Ireland clubs. And what Rob has spent the last couple of months doing was making sure anyone who wanted to play League of Ireland got an opportunity at under seventeen level to, to try play. Um. So yeah, he's he's him he, alongside my dad, and and there's a guy, Kieran Ty as well, who, who helped relaunch the academy a couple of years ago out and out in leagues. So like, they. They do phenomenal, phenomenal
0: work. So, so you're sort of in doing your course in the UK and you're rubbing shoulders with like some of the, you know, some great minds and some great brains you mentioned there, you, you, you listed to presentations from some of the sort of best people you've encountered in football. Um when you, when you sort of move in that company in that environment, what does that make you think about the game here, the industry here, where we're going here? Like what's, your, what's your view on where we are at?
2: think the clubs are doing really well but like it's a numbers game like if if if, i know it can't all be about finance but if if you benchmark us against any european nation like i I think in the fai strategy they want us to be ranked 30th in yeah and that's fine and 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 i know there's an infrastructure plan coming next year which which would be really interesting but there's no money in the game here well like if if so if you, if you look at the, the nations that are ranked between, say, 25 and 35 in Europe, and you could take a Poland, and revenue in Polish football is north of 100 million. Hungary, 80 million. I think Romania, 45 million. Bulgaria, 60 million. Like, these, we're, we're, there are multiple,
1: multiple, multiple millions ahead of where yeah. the game is here. Um, Yet, ironically, as a country... We're far, there's far more wealth in this country than any of them countries. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well,
2: look, if you want to depress yourself, which I tend to do sometimes, like Google <laughs> Stadium. So Google Stadiums in Ireland, right? And which is the largest league of, like, so Shamrock Rovers is the largest league of Ireland it's the It's the 46th largest stadium on the island of Ireland. All GAA, all rugby. Mm. And you go Google Stadium. 46th,
1: Right. Yeah, and which is our Marquee Stadium.
2: Yeah, and, and I know Dan. knew the article last week. Where where these teams play?
1: And well, look, sorry, they- Dan's piece. I remember when he was on. It was in the in his newsletter where he's like, uh, "It's actually it struck with me at the time. It's like it's odds against. It as a journalist, you'll find somewhere with a plug and Wi Fi, right? And I and he, he was making the point. I'm not giving out as a journalist here, but we're so far behind in everything.
2: Yeah, and and what well, you also have to so. Like I think the the new FAI have to be given the opportunity to deliver this strategy. Yeah. And they've made some really interesting appointments and I think they need to be given the opportunity to see what they can can deliver. Like the strategy doc that that they have is you know, it it looks like it's a probably a wafer template that, that they that they've used. Um but like I think they probably need to be careful with some of the KPIs. So the KPI of have in the third mm-hmm. tier in twenty twenty three, okay, that's gone now. Yeah. I think there's a KPI of a a new league launched before the end of August by, by Q3 this year. Um, and, and that's bringing all the leagues in together under one umbrella at a time when a lot of the leagues around Europe are actually decoupling the, the men's and the women's and, and, and using that as a way of commercial. So if you take, say, the national team, they've decoupled men and women. But we're relaunching all the leagues under the one umbrella for commercial reasons. So, you know, that's a, a disconnect there. straight Interesting.
0: Away. That is, yeah. And like Mark Canham starts this week as the FAI's new director of football and I, I was doing a piece about him and I, I think Mark Canham hasn't been put out to do any press yet I, I think that's actually probably the right thing to do he probably needs to familiarise himself a bit more with the, the nuances of land. but then like you'd love to speak to him in say six weeks or you know a couple of months time to see but I, and like I you know I wrote a piece about how he's come from the Premier League and I would have spoke to a lot of people about Ireland and England in the last week And there's side fear with someone like him coming in, no reflection on him or his ability level, is that he's coming from a world where you work in the Premier League, and I'm sure Ifeanora is probably not dealing with financial constraints too often in his job. I'm sure there's a budget, and I'm sure there's things that they need to to do, and they don't go mad. But I'm generally sure that if someone comes to the table and says, right, here's what we need to do with, with this particular area and this strategy, and they produce it, they go and do it. Whereas here, you can produce all the plans in the world, but the finance isn't there for it
2: well, look and that's it so when you look at the the latest set of accounts or any of the accounts over the last couple of years you look at the leagues around europe you look at the investment like so so whilst ireland is everyone else is growing as well yeah like, all these other nations are continued to invest in infrastructure in youth facilities and, and and build on what they already have which is already a long way ahead so you're, you're already trying to catch up but it all comes back to like so, if I'm to say, okay, we want to be thirtieth in Europe. Well, what's benchmark? That's benchmark us against the thirtieth club in Europe, league in Europe. So okay, so the revenue in the league has to go from fifteen million to fifty million. Yeah. it's like in three in in three years. That's pretty KPI. So where's not, that coming from? Yeah, and unless there's going to be a huge check written by government to 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 allow them to do it, they they can't do it. Like and 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 that's not a disrespectful thing because we are like. Does the, is a, Sean Kavanagh has gone in? He started this week yeah, as so the ex-League like, so, of Ireland
0: player Sean Kavanagh Yeah, yeah.
2: So I sent Sean uh, just a message online saying, you know, best of luck, and everyone wants you to do well because everyone wants them to do well. But like we've got one major, so there's one major tournament coming up in the next three. So 2024 20, uh, is Germany the, is yeah. the only tournament in the lifetime of the strategy. Yes. Like there is no there like football in some ways is very simple where you get your money from like it's it's, mm. it's it's people through the doors it's it's maybe qualifying and getting a bump on on a tournament like commercials, it's a competitive world like and it's you're going to do really well to make a commercial that's going to make a significant impact on the game yeah because it would have to be north of ten million um, every year commercially and that's not there no one's going to give that yeah so and yeah. in the meantime you're paying. 100 grand a month or sorry at least that uh, in, in or half a million a year in, in interest payments on a deal that went south yeah, this yeah is the sports yeah, direct payment yeah, I mean, this yeah, is the yeah. thing the
0: 100 they, grand a month oh yeah and Ireland qualified for tournaments in you know 2012 and 2016 and we now know and probably suspected or knew at the time but certainly it's effectively was servicing debt you know and yeah. would have been paying certain bonuses and and stuff like that as well too well, do, do, but, so, so just to
1: interrupt yeah why why is it so hard for the FAI to get a sponsor or do you think at this stage it just seems baffling to me like it looks it looks such a good opportunity for someone but it just hasn't happened
2: I don't i don't know i don't know what their what their process is like they just, they just hired a new commercial director which i think again can only be a, a positive thing and you know you compare it to a uk like you know like paul o'brien's commercial director in wofford uh, on the course at me and talk to paul quite frequently and like he's a commercial team he's a commercial army and, and you know every single bit of space in the jersey or in the ground is sold but they're they're resourced up to sell and they, they they hire and they spend people to come in and they reward them for bringing in really aggressive commercial deals mm. um and that's what any organization w- would have to do so like whether it's i work for irish life a brilliant place to work and if irish life wants to bring in new business or aib wants to bring in new business like they go after Companies commercially and, and they have a process and they have resources to go ahead and attack and get and get and get that and look, that's what the f e i will will need to do it's it's not Jonathan hill picking up the phone and ringing c e o and a i b yeah. and asking for x amount of money It has to be systematic it has to be mm-hmm. targeted and in Ireland like the landscape in Ireland is so different like so you, you if you think of commercially all of the companies the AIBs, the bank of Ireland's the sort of indigenous companies. They're not the major, they are major employers, but they're not the major employers anymore. Like the landscape is tech, Mm. but there's tech companies with five or six hundred people that you guys or all of us haven't heard of. Mm. And Mm. there's a whole untapped market there commercially into potentially American multinationals that are looking to you know, do well in Ireland. Like, that there isn't a, there isn't a multinational, you go to the IDA, there isn't a multinational landing in Ireland that the FAI shouldn't be in contact with. Well, a indeed, it's a, well okay, what I'm curious about like, like, here,
0: is, sorry, Johnny, to across you, but it's, like, mm. I mean, think it wasn't a Damien Lynch, a sort of former pundit, I suppose, who's, he's, he's in Google, Google, isn't yeah. He? But I'm just thinking, like, you know, the, the one thing, like, there's so many things with the FAI over the period of time just wasn't fit for purpose or so there was an old way of doing things and not even to single out individuals because I don't think that's fair because a lot of whatever that they were, com- you know, complicit to a lot of stuff or whatever, they turned the eye to a lot of stuff. You think of the composition of the FAI board even for a long period of time and it was people who'd served time through like various leagues for 20, 25 years and I'm not having to go with volunteers in their service but I sort of think like, you know, I'm presuming if I was to go through your former UCD teammates, a lot of whom have got qualifications and have gone on to various positions in the business world, yet I, I can't think of too many that are involved in football. But I'm guessing there's a lot of people you know in your life who are football people inverted commas, um, you know, like other sports utilise the old boys network and their business connections, and in football, I don't yeah, think we've really well, done like,
2: it. And the, 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 there's a couple of there's. Like so, Tony McDonald, Tony yeah. Mac, ex-UCD. Um, remember Mick Dempsey, Michael, yes. and the goalkeeper. Like they are in like very, very senior roles in huge, global companies. And I'm not. I don't want to speak for the lads. So I don't know, but I would guess that they've never been approached. Mm. And you know, these these are running like significant businesses. They love the game. They absolutely love the game. And and. Yeah, you go right through the U C D teams. And it's it's in Longford as well. There was some some, some, some guys there, successful businessmen. Say Dara Sheridan's a good I Remember Dara yeah. yeah, plays I know he's coming back to Ireland, so it'll be interesting to see where that is it, Galway, man. Is he Dara? Dara,
1: absolutely, yeah. Um I remember Aubrey Dolan heavily involved in Adidas. And um, just from that team as well, Dara, we interviewed him in the program. Yeah, really, really successful in his life as yeah, well. Yeah, and
2: Dara went to New Zealand, but Dara was someone that, from a high-performance perspective, there should have been a huge job in the, in, in the mm. FAI for him. And I you know going back 20 years, he had an education program for, to help him guys. Yes, come back for, come
0: back from the UK, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. And he,
2: he came under pressure to, to close it down because it wasn't affiliated. Well, that's a different <laughs> time. And you go now and think, well, God, like a program like that would, is a
1: no-brainer. Now, I know there's not as many going away as young, so maybe it's... The the gold post moved a small bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, in the sense of the... Like, I have a major problem with the corporate tax rate in this country that these multinationals pay, but if if you take that aside, they have masses of money. They have so much money they don't know what to do with it. And that you know, there's such a good news story that you could manufacture in Irish football. I really feel that, like you are talking about the leagues that we're behind. These are countries where, like, the cost of living is so much lower. So we've so many handicaps to overcome here, but there's so much money there.
2: Yeah, and look, I think the the again, I think as part of the strategy, they've like a, a football social responsibility yeah. program which they're developing, and that's a, a brilliant opportunity. Like, so if you can align any of your social responsibility programs along with. Uh, uh, a corporate like you know that mm. that is so a corporate isn't going to give you money to say okay here's here's you here, go sign 10 players like, <laughs> it's not going to work that way whether that's into the league or whether it's into a club but actually they may get behind an education program they may get behind a, a scholarship program if it's it's if it's in you know an underprivileged area or whatever it might be mm. that fits their own v- values and, and and that's what or I mean, the lines like yeah, yeah like and that's what the FEI, which I'm sure, I'm I'm almost certain they will do, given the, the calibre of people that they're, they're bringing in, that that's on the horizon. If it's not being done already, will certainly be done. But it's something that the clubs should look to do, um, of how they position themselves with, with potential investment from, from corporates or sponsors to help grow their club. Whether that's, you now UC is the outlier because they have a college, but you know, Shamrock Rovers are doing some amazing things in terms of the education for the younger boys there, and, and I'm sure they are doing it. And there's there's other clubs if they want to go to a corporate to look for sponsorship. It should be in respect to, to paying back something that they can align to what they do day to day.
0: So, where do you see your future then in, in sport now? Like, do we see you back in a dugout, uh, or are you are you thinking of more so going this route? Because you I mean. The qualification has been secured. Now I assume you want to do something with it. If you know what I mean, are you in the process of getting the qualification? Yeah, so, no, uh, the course is. Yeah, no, is the, co- is the course it? is. Sorry.
2: The course is finished, and, I'm, and I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, I suppose the the plan is for the next uh, couple of months, like of a couple of days in Swansea and and, and Watford, and that coming up with the guys. Um, so I don't know. Like it's it's. I missed football. I missed the pitch. Like I missed I missed coaching and I miss managing. And I think so. I, I would never say I wouldn't go back to that, but. I think no matter what division you're in, it's a full time job. Now, yeah, um, you know I know Kevin is saying in drugs, postman. I don't know how he does that. Um, it's it's phenomenal to be managing and working the way he is. So I think if I was to do it, I'd like to do it properly. But I, I wouldn't see, the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't envisage leaving Irish life to, to, to work full time for 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 a League right. of club.
0: It, you couldn't see it happening, yeah, it, yeah. Not,
2: not as a coach. It, there's too many. Ver- I, look, I wouldn't like my my my. Uh, Livelihood to be hand
1: to referees uh, in Ireland, so I don't think. <laughs> I, I, I think you're being a bit harsh there, but at the same time,
0: yeah, he, he's he's really lived it. it. He's lived yeah. it. But the, the, I think it's it's funny. I think we're we're sort of approaching uh, an interesting sort of crossroads in this country, and you have touched on it there. Look, if you if you look at it, I've I've made this point to a couple of people in the last couple of days. If if let's say you city and Finn Harps both go down, as in the bottom team obviously is gone, and the second front team loses the playoff, and they're replaced by. Cork and Galway or Cork and Waterford. Like you, you're going to have a situation where nine out of the ten teams in the Premier Division next year are going to be training full-time. Yeah. Andrade would be the exception. And I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I see Conor Hoy has spoken to some local you know, papers there or local radio maybe about this topic. Um, the idea of the part-time Premier Division player, I think there's discussions ongoing at the moment as well about minimum wage being introduced. Um, and I think part of the, the complication with that is The classification, I think, of an amateur professional and where does the part-time professional sit in in terms of their working commitment, which is obviously quite substantial. And how do you quantify the number of hours that they do? But where is the future for the part-time professional now, and where does that sit in with where we need to go, John? Like, what's your feeling on it?
2: So yeah, it's like so we would have seen that in Longford. So the most difficult commodity, for want of a better word, to get your hands on in the Premier Division as a part-time team is a player with experience. Mm. They. They don't exist, like I challenge anyone to name 10 experienced part-time Premier Division players because they're like, so Dave Webster, I don't know Dave. Yeah, but like, but so Dave we would, would be one, yeah, yeah. Like he's the most sought, I don't know who was onto him, but I know lots of clubs were on to him and because he's experienced, he's been around, he's a really good player. Then you go down the list, like we had that at Longford and it's like, okay, well, who can we bring in that's going to be part-time and, and experienced? And they are like, Nobody that's a really good point yeah and like so I often wish like I was still playing because you could probably name your price um, if you you could keep Mm. it going but it it is getting to the stage where it it is you are getting squeezed like in terms of staying in the game and being
1: part time which is a good good for Longford now that's a huge challenge because Longford like how can Longford sustain a full time operation like it's not possible without a proper sugar daddy really like it's just it's too small of a club so where are we where is this going to go
2: well look it's 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 like that's football. That's football across mm. any organization or any any league. Like all leagues have the same. Like and like you, the really interesting thing in, in I find at the moment. Say if next year you have ten full time teams, which in is the possible. League. Yeah. Mm. Like I think it's a lot different from when I played because you'll probably find it's going to be ten really good managers there with ten really good backroom staff and coaches, but someone has to finish last. This <laughs> and, is it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where the game has really changed in terms of the, the quality and you give the FAI credit for that the quality of the coach and, and the managers coming through like you can never we always felt whenever when we were in UCD we we could catch a team because the manager wasn't great or they weren't at it yeah. like I think we struggled in Longford last year because everyone took us serious everyone did their homework on us everyone studied us and you know you couldn't no one ever underestimated you but I think yeah like I, I think you're going to have a, a, a tipping point like so it's like anything it, it's if they all go full-time, they all can't sustain it. And I think then you'll have it, you'll, you'll end up sort of dropping back off again to a maybe a, to a seven or eight clubs because yeah. the players won't be able to sustain it. Like, and, and this is, like, it's one of the things that... I'll be going to either
1: more or less full-time, like, and... But I think, the, I think your the point is that, like.
0: in a way, challenging to go out of the first division you have a target, but it's withstanding the... Mm. the the ver- the the vagaries of relegation and and what mm. comes with that yeah,
2: yeah and and also like, there isn't going to be enough players so this is where recruitment comes in so you're going to have to look and it's worth the league definitely needs to improve on but it's easier said than done um, but you know there's going to be far more players required to, to to actually have a competitive league there isn't going to be enough around they well no, this is that
0: de- de- well and that's why pe- clubs are now going outside. The league to yeah. sign players for for for, but I I think the time.
2: league can help. But like I think I don't know if you've seen what they do in Canada. Like they relaunched a Canadian uh, no, soccer league there. So like recruitment was such a, a big part of that. But the league helps manage the recruitment. So what the league they they identify uh, players that they feel can come in and, and benefit the league. But they do that on behalf of the clubs, and then the clubs can come and pick the players. So they'll identify players between, for example, eighteen and twenty five that have played in South America just by way of an example and the the clubs can come in and then pick them but the, the league does the due diligence on them for the clubs and provides this sort of blank canvas where it's almost like a draft system although it's slightly different they say well here's the type of players here's their expected salary here's their background here's a rifle.
0: it's like, that like the league does the weekly shop for an entire estate and then everyone just comes in and like picks what they but want instead, instead, instead of you,
2: having 10 teams trying to do it individually like if yeah, yeah would
1: you look at like Pat's recruitment for even last week the, the players that they brought in not only at the start of the season but like a couple of players that they brought in the last few weeks three players that were in the last few weeks if not four were playing in Europe and playing key roles Um, the Dutch guys at the Tillermans who the, came on in midfield was excellent like um, and then they uh, did all these players and you, you look at like Joseph and Ang that they've got who replaced uh, Serge, uh, who replaced Yaros who had come from Liverpool and the net is widening now where you have, I mean our relationship with Britain is obviously interesting because um, interesting because uh, a lot of the players are going to League One and you see massive uh, attendances in League One, it's a different level. But we're now looking to, to these teams in Britain to bring in players as well. Good young players.
2: Yeah, and I think, well, I'm of the, the flip side of that, and I was talking to, to a guy, Ryan Cardwell, who was on the course and me, there's a huge amount of money floating around the non-league and in mm. the national leagues. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of reasons, there's no FFP in, 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 in non-league. Obviously, in the UK, there's FFP in, play, yeah. in League 1 and League 2. Like that's why Salford are having an, an issue getting out of League 2 because they were they bought their way up through the divisions Stockport will have the same issue this gotcha. year. And, you know, it's wages to turnover and they can't actually buy their way out. But what's happening, you know, if I'm chatting to Ryan, he said, like, lads will go in and play National League at 1,500, 1,800 quid a week. And so I think if you look at the, the, the type of players, come, we are still, there's academy players coming here at the moment and, and some are doing really well. Like, another two boys went to Bowes and didn't didn't work out so well for them. Yeah. I know JJ's gone back, and by all accounts, the new manager loves him, and he's mm. doing really well. So it's it, it can be timing. Football
0: it, is luck a lot of things, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm. But I think that's the thing. You, you do see players like Adam Rooney um, and yeah, even Paragammond this summer, but in, previously the Salford players, the guys who've gone to Wrexham, like you see people go, oh they've gone non-league, but basically, you know, it's, it's like someone joining. Galway instead of joining UCD or something. Feature you know mean? Like, like Notts County after that. Yeah, and then he to Stockport, but like Notts uh, County are, are a huge club. But yeah. I'm. conscious we have to move on? We have to do the. Um, we'll, we'll have a brief chat at the weekend's games. We'll get John's thoughts. Um, but the we quiz. have to do our, our quiz. Yeah. your
1: question last week was the
0: the record FUI Cup loser. They've lost the most finals. It's, Who would
1: that have been, John? Lost more finals than anyone else.
0: Rovers. there would be a strong guess and I think there actually might be second or third but Shelburne have lost the most finals so that was the answer and the winner winner was was
1: Alan which um, Alan I think at Craner on Twitter so well done Alan Um, Porterhouse
0: Brew coming your way this week's uh, question
1: Johnny this week's question, um, I think, is quite timely. Uh, I was reminded it was somebody's uh, birthday this week and um, brought brought back a lot of memories. And just
0: give us one quote, Johnny. Just I'll give you. I'll quote. give
1: you three very quickly. Um, and I, this, the, the third one is my favourite and it's the shortest. Football is a ballet of wondrous beauty choreographed by highly skilled performers, dramatizing the conflict between good and evil that takes place in every heart. And at the same time, it reflects the impatient immediacy of modern society in that success breeds immortality, while the procurement of second place begets anonymity. And my second one is... I can't do that one actually because it gives away who he is. My, my second <laughs> one is Modern football is akin to a turbulent sea. Changes come fast and furious. One may be riding the crest of great waves before being engulfed in enormous crescendos of confusion. Sometimes it is like surfboarding in the South Atlantic. You do the best you can to stay afloat while all the time fully understanding the fact that things can come crashing down around you. If you worry about the consequences, you miss the thrill of the ride. And my famous favorite quote from this man was. It's always the same sometimes. Well, there we go. Who was that?
0: Well, i don't know If everyone, if everyone out there could guess, send us our guess. I think and very happy
1: birthday to the same man as otherwise. Well. Send Central pod
0: Twitter and Instagram. I was expecting. I was expecting briefer, snappier sound bites. <laughs> well, sorry. do you know who we're dealing with here? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> did you read we, the program we, notes? We, we probably could have just done one. Yeah, we, could have, we probably could have just
1: done one. I, I think John Martin probably knows <laughs> who. Uh, right. we obviously can't, yeah. can't say. This weekend's uh, games.
0: So we've got Dundalk Derry is on Friday in the permanent
1: bit, bit of a grudge going on there. The Connolly. The Conley's Derby
0: Finn Harps draw is on Friday, and then Sunday we've got Sligo Rovers, Bows, and Shells, and St. Pat's. What have you met at the league generally this year from what you've seen? I'm just thinking like some of your ex Longford players that you've worked with have moved on to various, like, you know, A. Dervins at Shells, and a few others have gone to a few at Drada. And look, what's your view on the league generally been this year from what you've seen, John?
2: Yeah, and it's nice actually just watching the games and, and not, not not worrying worries. about having to play against teams. So I've seen a lot of shells, UCD, seen most of drugs, um, lots of Rovers. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of goes back to the point I said earlier: the teams, the, the coaching, and the, the 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 standard that's going in, and even obviously Duff has gone in in, in uh, into shells, and you know we were at shells years ago with Kevin, and it's just like it's you can't compare it to like they're, it's 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 so different. But yeah, I think. Teams are playing so much better football now. The The, the standard is, is improving all the time. The condition is improving all the time. The analysis, you can see everyone's done their homework. You, you do well to get a short corner against anyone now because it, the, the players are prepped to win an and their life. Um, I think it's good that Rovers aren't, Quite running away with it, but the feeling would be they'll eventually mm. do that. They'll 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 go through the gears in the
1: last in the last few. Your weeks. Your old buddy helped by Don getting a draw on Tala there as well. Which and is they're like, playing yeah. them in the cup, which mm. is going to be mm.
0: probably three days after Rovers have a European tie, depending on how things work. And you're thinking that's actually time to play them. Absolutely, like Drada won't be in. I mean, it's not the not the draw would have wanted, but like Shamrock Rovers coming to town, yeah, and heading look, to and the game I, park. That's a tough I, one.
2: Look, and I don't think. Probably Rovers would have wanted the draw had a draw, either no. like the, the the flip because look there was still lots of non-league clubs in, in there. Like I've seen lots of the drugs. I think they, you know, obviously, Darrett and, and Kevin have worked with the two lads and played with the two lads and, and worked with a lot of the players that are there. I think they've done a phenomenal job. Like, oh big style. We spoke. I spoke to Kevin. Well, like obviously when Tim was was you know in the mi- when that merry-go-round was was finishing up and Tim was 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 going and and, and Kevin was lined up. Like we had that conversation of whether it was the right. Thing even for Kevin to do because we were thinking well okay the two full backs are going to go and Doyler's going to go and Dan O'Reilly's going to go and the keeper wants to go and yeah, mm. at the time I think even Darren Markey might have went and Chris Lyons might have went and Shells
0: were sniffing around quite yeah, a few they and, and yeah. I, was like, I
2: don't know Kev like you, you don't want to find yourself in the situation you were like even with going back to when he started out in Shells and he he had nothing to work with but uh to be fair, I think his recruitment like, like I know Keith Cowan is as He's manager of the like, season in,
1: so far, like in my view, because nobody would have predicted. Drogs have been practically safe halfway through the season.
2: Well, look, he'd never say that about himself because yeah. that's that's the way he is. But no, I think him he's done incredibly well. Like at, like they signed Keith Cowan, I don't think many would have signed Keith. No. Evan, where you know, Kev, Kev does his homework. Like and, and like, I think Kevin was went and watched Evan play for the Irish schools one you know in Whitehall one night and and you know by the time then midnight had come like he'd haven't signed you know and that's that's the way he is he's impatient but a good impatient like he's seen them like them and, and and got it done so yeah I think it's like it's like going back to your point at the end of the season what does like it's it's difficult for Drogheda because anyone who's had a really good season for Drahada this mm. year will potentially yeah, get like even Darren
0: Markey's Dar- 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 been excellent this year mm, but then yeah. Dar- Teams are going to come to him and say, "Come on, come and play full yeah, time." Yeah, and like even, full even time. Williams,
2: Dean, like mm. who, who, who I worked with in Rovers as a kid, and then uh, in Longford, like he's up eight, nine goals now. And and look, I, I won't say any more about him because Kevin won't want me promoting him. <laughs> but like lads who score goals in the league, like again, going back to commodity, he's a rare commodity there. And and yeah, it's it's the trick for Kevin or the difficulty for Drahada will be if they lose another couple. Where Kevin finds really high
1: caliber part time, and you got to have, players. Players. and you got to have a good academy. First division games, first division games, uh, United, Wexford, Cork City at Longtown, Town, Treaty uh, Waterford, and then Saturday uh, Longford Cove. And the mad thing is, you have two teams in the Premier Division, Sligo and St. Pat's, going and winning in Europe. Sligo and Pat's both really struggling to finish in the top four. And then the same two teams going out in the cup at home to teams. Wexford who are struggling to get into the playoff spots and Watford who are not going to win the league this season. So maybe there's a bit more depth to this or maybe the game is just completely mad. How could you make this stuff up? They Watford scored three goals against Pats in the first half in Inchicore and win. And then Wexford, the throne, a team, will beat Motherwell 3-0. It's a mad game.
2: Yeah, I just think, I know you can't, Overestimate how difficult it is trying to play after a European game,
1: mm. like and the emotion of it, yeah. and, and mm. like the try. Sure, can't the, even remember who was playing in 1999.
0: <laughs> well, look, and like, and, <laughs> and it was 2000,
1: <laughs> and it was that, that wasn't my mistake. That was actually from the. Well, that's a long time anyway. ago, but I remember yeah. that being like that. Still stands mm. out. It was like it
2: was so hard to play against these teams. Like it's incredibly hard. And then when you step back on the pitch a couple of days later, and the game is different, the atmosphere is different, and physically and emotionally like I think that's what happened. Both Pats and and Pats you Lido. see
1: lads uh, turning up to get their tickets to the European game and then leaving the ground um, Come God Adam. almighty if I go United yeah. could bring the likes of them down from their perch someday maybe we will <laughs> to, to the notion of going to a game to get tickets for Europe and then leaving that—that that is how far you we really have, have a thing
0: about Sligo don't you it's just like it's envy they are like your they are your Shelbyville to your Springfield except it's yeah. brighter over there and people are why do you want to marry grand. your cousin <laughs> <laughs> yeah the people um, are happier over great there
1: ha- been great having you on I have to say Um, you've brought up the intellectual level of this podcast quite a notch um, and I, I think Dan wouldn't disagree
0: oh no I wouldn't no I mean, <laughs> but you went ba- to UCD balancing off you yeah but uh, it's, it's all good uh, did, by the time, by the time that we're, we're back next week Shamrock Rovers have played both legs against Shoopy so hopefully we might have a team in the in the group stages of football by this time next week best uh, of luck to the two
1: Rovers we'll and St. Patrick's and uh, thanks to John um, thanks to Oliver Marketing for hosting us thanks to our sponsors Huge Ticketing, Colour Cuff and the Port Horse Brewery. Brewery shall be back next week